Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. G-A-L-D-E-M Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. Today we are joined by the beautiful, wonderful, talented Tia Campbell, aka Sippin' Tea, who is a visual artist, DJ and the co-founder of Babes, which is a queer, black art and DJ collective. And it's such an important space. It's a space that kind of, that started around a similar time to, to when Galden was born. I remember going to the first ever Babes and getting my life, just feeling so held and so safe. And I think that was really the start of you know, kind of my journey of realising the path that I could have been living and the life that I should have been living. So yeah, I feel kind of, yeah, forever grateful for that thing that Tia and and, and the team have created. And also Tia is a friend and just an, an all-round lovely, lovely human being who kind of left us 
this year. <laughs> London's been feeling a loss. And if you can hear any sound in the background, that is because they are joining us live from Kingston, which is exciting. So hi, Tia. Hey, Liv. Hey, Charlie. Hey. <laughs> oh, hey. See, I feel like we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is that you are literally glowing all the way from, from Jamaica, Kingston. Um, <laughs> how's the move been? How long have you been there for now? And, and what have you been up to since you've moved out? So I've been in Jamaica for the past four months and it was quite a, a sudden move. I think the lockdown life illuminated a lot of things for everybody. But for me, I was just like, I don't think this is where I need to be in order to facilitate like my healing and to understand who it is that I want to be. So I was just like, let's switch some shit up. Let's just make a big move. So, um, yeah, just picked up and went to Jamaica and I've been filling it out. And it's been it's been really interesting. It's been very difficult in moments. It's, it's been exciting to just understand blackness in a different way. There's a there's a lot. There's a lot to process and digest. And I feel like the past four months have been a bit of a whirlwind. But I'm so happy that I'm here and not in the cold. <laughs> Did you, could you always have envisioned yourself living in in Jamaica? Because it's quite like a it's quite like a big a big move and a big shift to make. It's not like you're going to Berlin or you're going to live in Kent or anything like that. You literally, I know that you're from Jamaica. We're all from Jamaica in this room, so shout outs. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a huge shift. It is a huge shift. But then also at the same time, is it like when you really deep it? All of us, like we've said, we've got these connections, like these very strong connections to Jamaica. And I think we kind of romanticise that idea of being able to go there. But it's like, it's a real strong possibility for any of us to just make that move. And I think we're we're very used to uh, a European existence. So that's why it feels like it's such a big shift. But like, as soon as I got here, I was like, I'm actually home. There's blackness all around me. And I feel like... I can understand like my roots so much better actually being present and alive in this space. So yeah, it's it in so many ways like yes, the the idea of it is big but it's also just not it's like you're just returning back to home living in a space where you actually don't feel like you can find your sense of self is probably the maddest thing. So I'm like why am I staying in a space where I don't feel like I can find that? It's interesting what you say about romanticizing because I, oh my God, I definitely did that before I went to Jamaica for the first time. And the thing is, I didn't even really walk away from it with that romanticization gone. I'm still like, wow, it's <laughs> like, I need to go back. I'm going to find myself in Jamaica. You know what I mean? And I just wonder how you, like, did you have to, I know you said it was quite sudden the move, but like, how did you get yourself into the right mental headspace where it wasn't like, this is going to be the perfect life overseas, but it's, it, you know, it's going to be a life and one that I'm looking forward to. Like, how did you get yourself in that headspace? I don't even know if you have a choice about putting yourself in that headspace. Like reality puts you in that headspace because it's like, okay, cool. You're here now. So you need to do life. Like, you need to sort out your car. You need to get your car insurance. You need to make sure you know where, like, how to navigate space. Like, all of the practical things come flooding in because you're like, this is a new environment and I actually just need to know how to function. And especially in a period of time like Corona, no tourist attractions are open. There's a curfew. Like, everybody is hyper vigilant. A lot of the romance disappears <laughs> because of the, the pandemic. 
So I think all of the practicalities that you don't have to deal with when you're on holiday. Mm, Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and my friend Chris, who's a former Gaudam intern who I had a chat with from Kingston, I think just yesterday, actually, she was saying that that all of the beaches had been closed for months and like over summer and stuff. and, And also that people were taking it a lot more seriously than she had found when she visited London in in September, August. So I don't know if that's been your experience as well, but... Definitely, like, we have to remember (laughs) the Caribbean thrives off of tourism as a result of colonialism. Like, it it literally relies on outsourcing its, its, um, its income, therefore meaning if you do not take the pandemic seriously, the country... The country has no money. The people cannot feed themselves. Like, it really, really is life or death. Like, the economy will just be shot if people do not uh, respond in the way that they need to respond. So, yeah, there's been curfews, like, strict curfews since I've been here. First of all, it was at, like, 7 o'clock every day, curfew. Now it's been eased to 9 o'clock. Everywhere you go, you've got to have a mask, temperature and um, sanitizer. Like, it's very... They're on it, but it's like they can only do so much. They don't have an infrastructure to deal with people actually getting sick. If people got sick, they wouldn't be able to cope with it. So it's much more about prevention in the UK. It's just like, oh, we're just going to kind of see. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. I, I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing to be in a space when, you know, black people are the majority. We, we had Tiva Savage on, on the podcast speaking about her experience of growing up, obviously, and then kind of coming to the UK and being like, wow, I'm used to being the default and here this is a completely different thing. So that must be powerful. I'm also kind of interested, like we've spoken a bit about the kind of practical steps and things that you had to take to to get there but I'm you've been doing a lot of kind of like posts around around like reflection and more of the kind of like emotional spiritual um mental kind of side of it all like what kind of mindset shifts have you had to make because you know you're you're in an environment where you're kind of like forced to slow down you're someone who was out and about and DJing and running from like gig to gig and thing to thing how has that been (sighs) that is that's been intense, but that was happening from when I was in London. I think everybody just had that, whoa, what, what is, I'm, I am used to being at gigs all the time. I am used to always like, being at events. So I think um, I was already in a mindset of slowing down. When I got here, it was rather than me like resisting what was going on around me I was accepting it now and I think it's so much easier or it has been easier for me to accept the slowing down process while being in nature Jamaica really does force you to check how you navigate space and like why do I feel the need to rush everywhere why do I feel the need to always be in the know why do I feel the need to um not be checking in with myself I think it's not only moving to Jamaica, but I, I when I when I got here, I was initially in Kingston, and then I've like two months ago moved into the Blue Mountains, and I think that's where the real shift like kicked in, where I was like, I was able to be silent, and as a DJ, being silent isn't something that I do. It's, I'm very used to having distractions. I'm used to having people, alcohol, like just 
things around. So I think um, moving into the mountains and having to sit with silence and just listening to the sounds that were around me, I was like, oh, I can hear myself think. I can feel myself. And I don't think that I'd been able to hear or feel myself for a long time. And that, as a result of that, has um, led to me listening to, like, my desires and my desires for... I suppose love for my my desires for liberating myself and figuring out what that means. And it's just like been this rabbit hole of like, what are all of the different ways that I can learn to love myself? What are all the different ways I can learn to love others around me? And like, I suppose, yeah, in that silence, it's like opened up so much more space and like noise in a sense. That's such a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of you in this next chapter. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tears in my eyes, mate. Beautiful. Um, I feel like now's a good time to hear your extract on the, on the um, subject of love, because I think that's kind of what it revolves around a little bit. So, yeah, would you mind reading that for us? Yeah, sure. So this is a WhatsApp message that I sent um on my birthday, actually, in 2017. Uh, it was a message to my dad. So it says, Yeah, I'm down to have a talk, but I can't be expected to jump on it just because you're finally ready. I appreciate and respect that it must have taken you a lot to apologise and acknowledge those things, but you even said yourself it took you two months to send it. So now I've received it, I need time to digest as I've had 25 years of trying to understand the way you interact with me. I'm not having a go at you and I'm very glad and proud of you for taking time to reflect, but it will take a moment for me to get my head around this and even think about the new space I want you to take up in my life and well-established bubble of people. Even you asking me to go on holiday is too much and calling me by pet names, I'm not used to it. So I'm probably not gonna respond in the way you'd like. That was in response to my dad kind of apologising for not being present in my life, um, which was, which is a, you know, it's a big thing to get. Um, and I think I received that as like in a WhatsApp message. So I responded in a WhatsApp message, but yeah, I think that was my my way of asserting boundaries, not that I knew what boundaries were even only three years ago. So it's interesting to read back and think about where I'm at now with my boundaries and um, how I assert them. What was the sort of, what was the run up to, to him sending an apology or an acknowledgement of, you know, the, the, the lifetime, you know, experience relationship that you had had was that something that you were expecting or did it feel like it came out of the blue? Were you kind of working on the relationship or? No, it completely came out of the blue. Like we, I can't say that, you know, we've got like a, a very up and down relationship, communicating, not communicating. Like it's, it's a bit all over the place. And in that period of time, I don't think we were talking. I think he had been through a lot. I think he'd... Um, I think he'd actually, like, been very suicidal and then ended up going to um, 
getting help and being part of this big therapy group and that's why he sent the message it was part of this group that he was from but I I wasn't really in the know of what was going down I just received that message and was like uh, I don't know what to do with this I can't really I, I, I it's just complex like when you have you're not used to a parent being vulnerable with you and then and then it happening and you not being in a space where you know how to be vulnerable with yourself or even start processing something like that. So it was it was quite confusing. But also I feel very lucky to even be in a position where I'm getting a message that is trying to, attempting to address being a bit of a shit parent. <laughs> Did that, that response, that kind of conversation spark more dialogue with your dad in terms of how you wish to interact with him and how he wishes to interact with you mm, yeah it did it's been it did definitely shift our relationship it led to more conversations it led to more vulnerability it led it led to like him trying as in as best as he knew how to um to continue being vulnerable like off of the back of that I must rate him like he didn't shut back down um and he's been quite consistent with his efforts to check in and be more present as best as a older black man can so I must give him ratings for that but I can't say that our relationship is in a place that we, I can't say we've healed from all of it because it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And especially when something feels unexpected, it's like I've been waiting for this for a long time and for it to actually come, sometimes you don't know how to respond. So, um, yeah, I think it's... More than anything, I think it just makes me think about how I handle you know, interpersonal relationships and disputes and understanding other people now compared to how I was handling it before. Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, do you think that you're, you know, in this passage, you're, you're asserting your boundaries and do you feel like now you're in a place where you're able to do that with more intention, more like clarity or, or is, is there something else that's kind of shifted in how you relate to the people around you? Yeah, I think now I've got more I've got more compassion for myself and I'm able to be more vulnerable with myself therefore meaning I can do that more with other people and I think that that's really important when a certain boundaries that it's not just like I'm I'm just putting this wall up because I don't want to deal with this it's more about I'm protecting myself while also letting you know that I would like to be able to build or repair whatever has gone down between us, um, especially if you're, if it's somebody that is important to you. And I think now I've got a far better understanding of how to be clear about what it is that I need, be clear about how things have hurt me and be clear about what I would like moving forward so that it doesn't just feel like a one-sided shutting down of somebody's efforts um 
because without me and being compassionate for myself, I can't be compassionate for other people. So I feel like that's shifted in the way that I assert boundaries now. Yeah, I love that. And like, uh, I'm going to definitely take from that almost like the, the, the practicality of it almost like in that like you need to let people know what you want from them or else they're not, they're going to continue theoretically to behave in the way they always have done and I, I think that sometimes you can forget that because or certainly when when it, when I have conflicts with people I, I often um just want to resolve them in the moment and I don't really think about the next steps but it sounds like yeah as part of your journey you've, you've done a good job at thinking and, and reflecting on that definitely but I, I think like being somebody in a position where we hold space for community, you have no choice but to start learning how to assert boundaries and how to understand what a healing process actually is. Being around just lots of queer, queer young queer black people who are finding themselves and figuring out what it is that they want and understanding family and understanding relationships and dynamics within relationships it means that you're constantly aware of how you assert your boundaries and how people don't even realize that they're like overstepping boundaries in moments so I think that's that's been like a really important way for me to learn just because I want everything to be okay doesn't mean that I can skim over situations as soon as I skim over situations, they come right back around and bite me in the bum. So let's actually think about what I need, what you need. What did you do wrong? What did I do wrong? Let's talk it out. Do you need more than the one day that you're asking for to heal? Think about it. Do you actually maybe need even a week to heal? Do you actually need this in order to assist your healing? I feel like all of those things I've learned as a result of being in community spaces and seeing how different people respond to hurt or pain or loss. I think that's such a such an important lesson. And I feel like the, this idea for setting boundaries can be incredibly daunting. I still find it quite scary today. I had to assert boundaries, like I was saying to you earlier in the week, I had to assert boundaries with a friend this week and just say, you know, please do share, but please share with me in this way because this is the way that I can receive without what bringing up whatever or whatever the conversation is. But it's a scary thing. You're like, am I, is it bad for me to, <laughs> to assert myself and the things that I need? But actually, it should be of the kind of utmost um, priority. And I guess it's a skill or something that you get more comfortable with the more that you practice it, in a sense. Completely. And I just feel like as as black people, as queer people, as dark-skinned black people, like, we're not taught that it's okay to say what you need. Like, you got white men, white cis men moving through the world just saying what they want, what they need all the time. Like, setting boundaries is such, like, a normal, normalised thing. It's even, like, something that is applauded. But for so many other people, it's like, no. As soon as you do that, no. You're making things difficult. You're, you're not being you're not doing what I need you to do. And it's like, no, actually, let's just dial that back in. I need to do what I need to do for myself. And that's okay. And I think reminding each other that it's okay to say what you need is really, really important. Because same, I find it, I find it so hard sometimes, so hard to say what I need. How do you find that, Chaz? 
Impossible. Like, yeah, impossible. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a skill that I um, feel like I'm at all adept at yet. But, you know, therapy is there. We talk things through. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, 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 um, I think, um, obviously, with a certain type of personality, you can you can twist things to the degree where I'd be like, I'd be making myself feel bad for not asserting boundaries. And then I was like, you know what? Like I'm at this present moment, obviously I'm not quite there to the point that I need to be, but I'm not going to hate on myself for being that way. I'm just going to celebrate the fact that I can be, um, that I want everyone to get along, that I want things to be good. Like, and that's a part of my personality and, and it probably won't go away completely ever. But yes, do need to work on the boundaries <laughs> for sure. But I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, in my head it does. <laughs> it definitely does. It's, it's all a work in progress. And like like you said, therapy, yo, it really does wonders. It affirms you, lets you know you are right. Your gut is right. You know what you need. Big um, advocates of therapy in this room, in this space today. All of us with our therapists and our being therapized. It's great. It's good. We recommend that you do it if you are able to. You know, it's so important to carve out that um, if you can. You know, and and I think even if it's not in that way, but carving out those those moments and that time for ourselves to yeah to to heal fundamentally is what it's about. 100% and there are so many different ways of doing that like I was joking with my friend the other day like if you have access to Instagram then it means you have access to YouTube if you have access to YouTube then you have access to Oprah which means <laughs> that you know if you need someone to speech you in one day because you're feeling a bit low just watch a little Oprah video <laughs> one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. <laughs> yeah, it's a good shout. It's one of those things, like, I, I was thinking about this the other day, like, you know, c- creating, like, a little pack for yourself on the days that you feel low. Like, what, even if that's just, like, a Google Doc of, like, links of videos or affirmations or something, it's probably a good, a good shout to do that for sure. Definitely, like podcasts tunes like stretch videos there's so many things that you can do that at home that just like help to help to like center yourself and ground yourself and I think it's also about the kind of consistency of it because I feel like I don't know I've known you for quite a few years now and I and and we have a lot of you know similar people in our lives and we were we were looking back on um me and Charlie had written this um essay a while ago and I think that you I think we interviewed you for it and we interviewed um quite a lot of people for it and it was about this rushing women syndrome and like being being non-stop and I think you know all of these things are wonderful we just have to really like dedicate actual real time and space to schedule to plan to make these things a part of the ways that we show up for ourselves, but on like a regular basis, because I think where so many of us went wrong or where I went wrong in many moments was that I would wait until I was literally on the floor, curled up in a ball and like couldn't move. And then I would decide that, oh, this is probably not fine. Like I should probably take care of my mental health a little bit better. Yeah, learning how to not get to critical, critical moments before like being able to act on it is so true, yeah. Being consistent is very, very, very important, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> All of these things are hard. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear a bit more about what you were like as a kid, Tia, just because obviously the theme of the podcast is growing up. And you have always seemed to me since I've known you to be like very, actually very centered, very warm, like very mature. And I just wonder, like, what were you like as a kid? Were you, were you always that way? Did you sort of go through a period of like turbulence and change or? When I was kind of primary school age, I was very, I've, I was a very outgoing, very bubbly child, just very friendly, always wanting to interact with lots of different people. And then I think when I got to the end of primary school, I started getting bullied and things shifted quite dramatically. Uh, I became far more conscious of like my presentation far more conscious of the ways that people would respond to me as a result of being like black and growing up in very white spaces whereas you know when I was from I don't know year four below that just wasn't even something that really registered to me and then I think when I got to secondary school that's when things really escalated and I was once again in like a very, very white space. And it just, 
it just threw me off. It's like I completely forgot who this outgoing person was. Um, I used to dance, so I think a lot of my energy was like channeled into dancing and I'd do that on the weekends and I'd be so happy and so thrilled that I had that space and I was surrounded by a lot of different like people from lots of different backgrounds and ethnicities and that was like my space for release but then during the week I would I just kind of found myself shrinking I was just compartmentalizing I was just different people for different in different spaces and uh, I ended up kind of getting quite a bad eating disorder at school and it all kind of it just spiraled and stemmed from this space of not understanding how I fitted into any of these environments particularly well so it's like I really lost myself in in school environments and that kind of um really overshadowed who I was and what I thought I was capable of doing but I think that happens to a lot of a lot of us who go into very white spaces and very in spaces where education is the only thing that matters it's like we don't yeah the school that you were at as well was is particularly <laughs> it's not wait where where were you Tia like whereabouts in London I was in Orpington in oh, Kent okay. And it was called Newstead Woods. So it was a, a grammar school, super selective grammar school where everybody's very wealthy and there's only a few of, few of you who don't have money or aren't from that area. I remember results day, everybody crying because they didn't get all A stars and me just being like, what the, what is wrong with you? When I joined that place and, and I was literally like, I don't understand. <laughs> this is so, it was so intense and it was no wonder that. Wait, did you go there as well? Yeah, but in sixth form, oh. not for school. And I, and I think I'm really happy that I didn't because I can so see how for so many of the girls in that school, the kind of expectations and things were just, um, like, it was just high pressure. It's like being just slammed in a pressure cooker. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And yeah, I think, I think it's quite, it feels like quite a critical age when you're in it at 14 and at 15. And, you know, my, my sister's experiencing whatever she's experiencing at 14. And it's, I, I feel like not necessarily an age that I'd want to go back to, but that's, everyone has different experiences I'm so sure some people we, we're speaking to Zazie and she had a great 14 but it's not it's not the same for everyone you know I don't know there's some sort of shift or something that is happening um at that at that point which just throws can throw a lot of things into question really it really does it really does I think that um leaving Newstead for sixth form was the best decision I made I I realized like when I was in my last yeah when I was in my last year eleven or maybe it was year ten but I said to myself I needed to leave and I wanted to study art so at that at that point I applied to go to the Brit Brit school, school! yes <laughs> <laughs> I was running around the corridors like doing fucking split jumps yeah. <laughs> literally like fame school like I love it and I think that's where life started being pumped back into me because I had room to just number one I was in Croydon I was like oh my god there are black people and um it just 
helped being around people from different economic backgrounds as well and people who were creative people who were queer um and it started it started to like bring back this sense of self where I was like oh wow so I am actually an outgoing person I do like to talk to people I am a creative individual like so I think that really shifted um like institutions have really directly impacted like my personality and the ways that I felt I could express myself I think so I think that's why I'm also pretty anti-institutions now just because of the direct impact it's had on me growing up typical teenage shifts in it you go through all of the the emo phases and all of the nobody gets me and I think I was really lucky to end up at at the Brit school and in a space where I felt like I could start expressing myself and understanding what it is that I wanted and the kinds of people I wanted to be around. Not that I'm like in remotely kind of art, artsy or anything, but I feel like the Brit school was one of those dream places <laughs> that you that people went off to to just fulfil their creative selves. And like you said, we have these ideas of people like jumping through 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 hallways and such. But I think it's beautiful <laughs> that, that that you had that and that being in that kind of like quite rigid academic space didn't deter you from pursuing your kind of like artistic and creative possibilities and you still really went for it because that's kind of underpinned so much of what you do and the ways in which you hold space now. Big question, but um, but what advice or like what words of wisdom or is there anything that you wish that you had known at that kind of, maybe at, maybe at 14 when you were kind of going through what you were going through and, and, and feeling unsure as to how you fit in and weren't feeling as validated. Is there anything that you wish that you'd had the foresight on? I think it's so interesting now, young people having access to things like Instagram because, yes, Instagram is terrible in many ways, but in so many ways it's so beautiful because if at 14 I there was something like Gaudem or if at 14 there was something like exist loudly or babes I would have such a different level of respect for myself because I'd be like oh wow there are other people there are other options there are other ways of existing and I can do and be that um I think if I'd have had access to black literature or at least somebody, if I'd have just had somebody saying, oh, you should read this person called Angela Davis or Bell Hooks or Audre Lorde, I think, or Octavia Butler, I just, I think that would have really um, shifted so much. So I think just access to different like queer futures, black futures, understanding that, is possible because I just think I didn't really see a future for myself. I was just like, this is my environment. Nothing's ever going to change. I don't really fit into it. And I feel like there isn't really much of an escape. So knowing that there, there is, that, and that I always have choice and that I always have um, autonomy, that would have been, that would have been amazing to know that's what I would share with like a younger version of myself the choice is always yours and that like you're valid and you're a G <laughs> yes yes yes, yes. <laughs>
what would your younger self think about where you are now if not uh physically <laughs> <laughs> then, then uh, in Jamaica but um in terms of just the place your head is at in comparison to where you are even if I talked to Tia six months ago, I think Tia six months ago would be like, sorry, you're where? Doing what? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, the versions of myself shift consistently and I'm consistently updating myself as to where I'm at and who I am. And I'm, I think I'm always surprising myself. And I think now I'm getting more comfortable with the fact that it's fine to surprise yourself. Like you can't always plan ahead with who you're going to be because you're always changing. And to be honest, I always want to be changing because if I'm not changing, I'm not growing. So I think Tia a year ago would be shocked that I've actually moved to Jamaica, number one because it means that I'm away from my family, I'm away from my understanding of success, I'm away from my um, community. But I think in the same heartbeat, would be so impressed and so proud of the fact that I've made a decision for myself and I've made a choice to prioritise my healing. I think a lot of my brain space used to get used up thinking about what other people thought of me and what other people's idea of success was and how what I was doing fed into other people's ideas of success and also success in a very capitalistic type of way and I think now I'm understanding that I can only ever be successful if I'm happy and that success is not determined by anybody else's standards or this society's capitalist standards so yeah a younger me a year ago me would be very happy and be very impressed and very um proud to see that shift that's beautiful that's beautiful and I think you know a a, a really important thing to take from that is that yes change is something that we should all embrace something that we shouldn't fear but that we should lean into because like you say we don't know all the future versions of ourselves and nothing is fixed. So yeah, just thank you to you for being you and yeah, and sharing with us. It's been beautiful as was expected. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both. Thank you so much for having me and holding this space and like creating this podcast. I think it's such like it's such a beautiful piece of history to have all of these different individuals speaking about all of these different topics. So like Thank you so much for holding space for all of us. Oh, I'm so you. emotional today. I'm like, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love Tia and, and I love talking to them. And as I sort of said to them directly, I've, I've always found their presence to be super calming. And um, it was, as ever, it, it, was, it was really interesting to sort of hear their, their thoughts on their relationship with their dad and and boundaries which is something that we do talk a lot about on this podcast but remains pertinent mm. I believe this is like therapy for for us or for me anyway <laughs> um, um so many wise and wonderful people that we've been able to speak to throughout the course of this series it's just it's such a treat and yeah of course he is someone who I love someone who I respect someone who I think is phenomenal and I think making that shift and centering themselves and 
slowing down and joy and nature and breathing and love, I think, is a powerful thing. And so, yeah, there was a lot to be taken from that. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Up with Gal Dem. It has been an absolute bloody pleasure um, to host this show and to speak to all of our wonderful guests over the past six, seven, eight months by now. We really appreciate all of your support, all of you who are subscribing, who are liking, sharing, listening, telling your friends. And if you love Gal Dem, if you like what we're doing, if you back independent journalism, then we'd be very grateful if you could also sign up to become a Galdem member. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.